What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is February 25th, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Boy, do I have a doozy for you today. There was so much in our real first day of real spring training to talk about. There are some very interesting uh, SP6s, some prospects to talk about. I watched a lot of this. I really put in my due diligence this morning. I The way I see it is I really thought to myself, okay, I'd probably be doing like 30 minutes of recap and making sure I missed stuff. No, I spent like an hour and a half extra just going over games, watching more stuff. And there's some really, really fun things. So stay tuned for this one. This is, uh, you can see, this is a much longer one, I'm sure. And it's going to be great. And also, by the way, go to our PitcherList Discord to go check out the pitch changes that we have as a crew. We are documenting all the new pitches and all that kind of stuff, which is really, really fun. And of course, get PL Pro Lifetime. We're going to be closing that, I think, this week until I don't actually know. So if you want to get in on uh, being a lifetime supporter, a massive discount, of course, if you're here for a while, you want to go check that out at PitcherList.com slash Lifetime. Okay. Garrett Whitlock went two innings, two Ks. It uh, wasn't the greatest command I've ever seen from him. We didn't really have any velocity readings, but actually zero, which is really unfortunate. He's fighting for that rotation spot against Tanner Howell, Cooper, Criswell, and apparently Cutter Crawford. It's four and five. There are two spots open for the Red Sox. Cutter Crawford should be there. It's very interesting if Jordan Montgomery happens to sign for the Red Sox because there's a lot of rumors about how his wife is uh, doing residency near Boston. It would make sense. By Cutter Crawford should be the four, and then he would be the five, and Whitlock would be out. So I don't really think the Red Sox need to do that. Um, there's Cooper Criswell as well, who's fighting for one of them. He's kind of like the SP8 at this point? Uh, seven. Um, there's also Josh Minkowski, but I don't really think that's going to be a thing. Um, there's also uh, Corbin Burns. Uh, he was good. So was Spencer Strider. I didn't hear any reports on the curve. That's nice. Carson Spires went against Carlson Car- Car- uh, Carlos Carrasco against the Reds. And by the way, I'm doing all the game day ones. These are the ones I don't have any StatCast data for. I will go into the StatCast data games later. So this is me just watching as much as I could and then getting quotes um, whenever I can find them on these guys. So Carson Spires and Carrasco was able to watch that. Uh, Spires didn't get any velocity readings, which is really annoying. He had four strikeouts in two innings. Nothing really that inspiring to me. Um, so I don't really think that he's the one to focus on with the Reds. Um, and also any Reds pitcher is just not a good situation. So they really need to be absurdly good for me to go after them. Uh, considering it's the Great American Small Park and that's just a terrible place to pitch. Literally, it's like 20% more home runs allowed just by pitching in that home park, which is terrible. That's what the park factor is. Uh, Carlos Carrasco went an inning as he's trying to make a case for being more of the long man. Because it's like it's Logan Allen as SB5. He pitched an inning. We didn't see any uh, sliders because he only faced lefties. So, change up looked okay. That's all. Uh, Joe Boyle was not on TV. Neither was Joey Estes. I tried to get some information on this. There was a tweet going around that he threw all strikes. That's incorrect. Um, that is a data thing where they will say that it's a strike if it ends the at-bat. And he didn't walk anybody. So that's wrong. Uh, I did get an actual reading of 61% strike rate, 14 over 23. Yeah, that's more the Joe Joe Boyle that we know. Two innings of zero walks, but three Ks. The reading that I saw was 99 to 101 on his heater. That is dumb. And this is a really legitimate, like, super high stuff plus four-seamer. The question is, what else is there? You can watch the video I put out on Joey Estes um, back, I believe, in September on the YouTube channel to get a good grasp of, right, I'm watching it when I'm bored. Even though he's throwing hard 
and he has some nasty stuff. I'm bored. Why am I bored? Because I don't know where it's going every time. I get excited when guys execute and have the stuff. That's where I freaked out about Mason Miller because he was throwing hard and putting in the right spots. Same thing with Cole Reagans, of course, right? So that is why I get amped by guys. And there you go, Joe Boyle. I'm happy he didn't walk anybody, but seeing 14 over 23, uh, only 61% strike rate is like, yeah, that's kind of why we didn't like him. So I'm curious to see what he looks like in spring when we get that video. Uh, Joey Estes hit 96, and that's cool. I didn't hear a sitting, though. And two innings pitch of zero and runs, uh, zero walks, two Ks, and one hit. He's a better command guy, though, than Boyle. Uh, so... To me, there's some intrigue there with Joey Estes. I'm curious to see more about that. Uh, there's Logan Webb. Uh, two innings, 200 runs. Don't worry about it. Uh, ben Brown, I was able to watch him. Apparently, there was 97 miles per hour. That's what it said in the broadcast. He has a higher delivery, which means that the uh, four-seamer is a little questionable to me just because it's going to be a worse VAA and angle, so that makes it more susceptible. His slider is something that he'd like to focus on. He threw some mistakes with it. It can be great. I kind of see a reliever profile. I like his lack of violence, though, in his mechanics do showcase more of a starter. Oftentimes you see uh, relievers do these max effort big deliveries. That means that they don't have the command. I can actually see Ben Brown over time get better command. So that's why there is question of him being a starter. But I feel like he's going to be more relief given I didn't really see a a third pitch. And four-seamer doesn't quite seem to be dominant. We'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see more StatCast stuff and so on and so forth. Nathan Ivaldi, all I got was a reading saying that, uh, a tweet saying he sat 96 and he hit 97. If that is true, um, average Chris Taylor responded saying that they were saying 98 last year. And honestly, like, Ivaldi was great for a bit until he got hurt. Like, where Ivaldi is going in drafts right now is worth your time uh, if he's sitting 96. Something to consider there, because yeah, he will be productive for like months, like a month or two. It just depends on how he looks when he gets hurt in season. And if you don't draft Eovaldi as like your SP4, if you draft him as your SP5 in a 12-teamer, that's great. Get that value. That's going to be so productive early in the year. So hopefully he's still sitting at 96. Uh, Alec Marsh pitched, so I don't honestly care. Uh, Tyler Glasnow went five base runners in 1.2 innings. Don't worry about it. It's just a first start. Pedro Avila went one inning, six hits, three earned runs, and five totals, two were unearned, two walks, zero Ks, and a home run. This is a big deal just because he's fighting for the SP4 and five spot. I think he has an inside track for it, but they said afterwards that they, quote, won't over-evaluate it. Now, if he has another bad start, it could mean that, like, Johnny Brito and Randy Vasquez are the four and the five, right? Maybe Matt Waldron. So, if Pedro Avila is not looking good, he won't earn it, and... I do think that there is some sneaky value in whoever is the SB4 and SB5. If you're starting every five games for a team like the Padres who have a good defense and will still score runs, there's value in that. Uh, Jairo Iarte um, also pitched in this, but no video. One clean inning. That's fine. I, I'm curious to see him because he throws hard, but that's all we got. Um, there are some guys that I think are really super sleepers and uh, that I'm going to talk about today. Uh, and one of them is Ronel Blanco. Uh, two innings pitched, one hit, zero earned runs, two Ks. I don't have StatCast of this, but I was able to watch it. He's likely in the swing role for the Astros. That is, he's, I think, the SP7 on their list with Urquidy being five, likely, JP France being six, and Blanco being seven. Every year, you see some random Astro starter show up and do things. And uh, Spencer Arigetti has had some small hype, I think. I don't really love him. 
I saw Blanco last year even led a roundup with him because he's a two-pitch mix guy with a legitimate gyro slider that he loves and he commands it well. He went down and in to lefties with confidence. It was great. And his four-seamer has really good shape at 94-95. I didn't get any sort of uh, StatCast data here. This is me quoting last year, but really good, like intent to go upstairs, good IVB, good VAA, extension. It's all there. Pay attention to Renel Blanco. Like seriously, uh, just know that he exists. See, there's a third pitch that he can really incorporate over time. He's getting stretched out like a starter. There might be a chance of like something happens and Renel Blanco starting pretty soon in the season. He's going to be decent, like especially 15 teamers. Be aware of Renel Blanco. Um, we're going to talk about the other guys that went yesterday, all that have stack has data so I can give you some more nuanced takes on this and of course go over all of the games uh, that you should be watching today after this break. Luis Heal went 41 pitches, 96-97 with legit IVB on his uh, four-seamer. He had nine whiffs on 32 thrown fastballs and just nine sliders and 41 thrown or 41 pitches. So that's about like a 20% in change uh, usage. We'll take five out of nine strikes on it. He missed glove side mostly with those heaters. And he doesn't really jam batters. He kind of stays away from both lefties and with righties. Doesn't elevate super well. I'm worried about Luis Heal being more of a chucker than really being a sequenced uh, pitcher and not much depth in the arsenal, but it is a really good four-seamer. I honestly believe that the Yankees are going to push him in as a reliever uh, because he does not have that command, but it is a really good fastball. Ugh, I'm curious to see him actually uh, throw more this uh, spring training. Clayton Beater is also there. He's a right-hander who has a big over-the-top delivery, and he's slider fastball is pretty much split 50-50 across the 43 pitches. Lots of whiffs here because he does the Blake Snell blueprint well. Lots of deception on that slider. He has a good IVB on the four-seamer because he has a lot of over-the-top delivery. And it's a worse uh, VAA than it is heel. And I'm worried that it's not the same velocity as well. It's like 94 and change. Maybe to 95. And because it's not like pushing 96-97, it's going to be hit harder. So I'm a little worried about Clayton Beater for the long term because of that. Uh, Reese Olsen didn't do well. He didn't have good command and pay attention to that because he's trying to fight against like Casey Mize and company in Detroit. And if he's not looking good this spring, they're just not going to do it uh, with Gibson long hurt. It's kind of interesting of it opens more possibility of Ty Madden and Jackson Job if Reese Olsen is looking good. But obviously it's just the first game. Who cares? Matthew Libertori is at 94, 95. That's good. It's not like the 92, 93 we sometimes saw, but the slider isn't there. And without the slider, eh, don't really care. Ryan Weathers, 95, 96, which is good. Really good fastball command as well. Precise with this stuff. The secondaries aren't quite there yet, but good IV been the four-seamer. We might see some actual good starts from Weathers this year if the Marlins need starters because honestly... It's Weathers, it's Max Meyer, and there really isn't much else in their their uh, farm system at the moment. So Weathers is going to likely get some starts this year, and it's just about getting the secondaries going. He was really good in February last year, keep in mind, for the Padres, then it got worse. So don't really buy totally into this yet, but just something to keep an eye on. Ryan Halsey, I don't talk about relievers, but I'll talk about him and Pearson quickly. Uh, three, four ticks down for Halsey. And you're like, come on, Nick, it's spring training. He tossed a 94 mile per hour heater, and this is supposed to be a, an average 100 pitcher. You don't throw 94 if you're okay, ever, if you're an average of 100. If you throw 97, whatever, fine. But you're supposed to sit 97 point. 99.7 as he did last year, Helsley. And that's very, very concerning. Uh, I have to believe something is going wrong there. 
Um, Nate Pearson threw one really good splitter that Fast made. That's nice, but this is the problem with gifts, as you guys will know, as someone who's made them for ages. And gifts showcase one moment, and it's all about consistency. And I'm a little worried that uh, he lived too much in his own zone, got crushed. Like, Pearson is not really doing it right now. Velocity is down a tick. Uh, Zach Thompson didn't do anything special. One out of 25 whiffs is down a tick uh, for the Cardinals. So, unfortunately, he's not really taking the progression I want to see. Ty Lord McGill. He sat 95. He has an SP5 spot for the, the Mets. So, this is a very much of an attention for me. And I was not impressed. Um, he needs to do more in two aspects. Um, one, he needs to get his four-seamer upstairs. It was just kind of around the zone. A lot more down, I would say, emphasis than up. And he's not really doing the Bailey Oberizzi thing that I want to see if I'm actually going upstairs. He could be that guy, but he's just not doing it. He threw three splitters. All of them are poorly located. What do you know? Most volatile pitch. Uh, the American spork, as he calls it. He's got to throw more than three. I mean, it's spring training. You're working on things here and there. What is kind of cool, though, is that his slider used to be like 84 and change. Now it's 90 and change. And this is literally six ticks up, which is, oh, it's a new pitch. Yes, it's a cutter. Uh, he throws a cutter now instead of your loopier side that wasn't very good. And the way I see it is Tyler McGill should have a old Worthen slider. Like he should have really two of them. He should have a gyro at like 87 and then this tighter one at 90 and change. So I like this because you should have the split as your put away pitch. I mean, really just go the whole uh, Senga thing if you can. Find the split to be your put away pitch out of the zone down. Go four seamers upstairs and then have this cutter in the zone for strikes. And then maybe a change up to whatever at times too. Like that's the path for Tyler McGill to be like something we really care about. And hopefully sitting 96, not 95. So all those things need to do um, differently and uh, he needs to improve upon. But that's what you should be focusing on. Uh, Jared Jones, uh, 15 pitches, 97, 98, uh, four seamer slider. Did not have the best command. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching him on TV. And uh, good IVB, apparently, and all that kind of stuff. Um, there's a formula that um, was shared with me. Thank you so much for sharing it with me. That is to get induced vertical break. Um, so we don't have this data. And there are multiple formulas you can use. Um, there's one that we use that is very in-depth and is very specific. And we love it. And it's the one you should be using. And we use for our site. There is a quick uh, hit. Um, that uh, is just generically like this number over divided by velocity squared and then uh, minus the vertical break or vertical movement that you see in Savant. The lower the number, by the way, in Savant, the better. That's pretty much saying how much it drops because all pitches are going to drop. It's never going to officially rise. And the induced vertical break that we talk about is more about um, relative to a normal pitch at zero, zero. Does it get more than that up or down? And uh, the one on Savant is just like, yeah, you throw it at this release point or really at this spot. If it was zero, then it wouldn't drop at all. And this is actually dropping. So you want less. So the way to think about this is uh, the more velocity, the the lower the vertical break number you want to see. So if it's like a 98, you want to see, OK, at least like 14 and under for it. If it's like 90, 91, you better see like 11 and under or something like that. Just leave it that way. Um, and, uh, it's a quick calculation. I'm not really going to hold it onto, uh, I'm not really going to say like, oh my gosh, like this is absurd induced vertical break because of the stat calculation that I'm doing the rough math, but it gives you a decent sense quickly of like, is this really good or really bad? 
And uh, Jerry Jones seemed like he was doing well with it. So that's cool. That's good. And I'm really excited to w- just watch him pitch um, this spring training. Um, we should get more video and constant stack has data with Jerry Jones being in uh, pitching for the Pirates. On the other side, we had Louis Varland. Um, and his heater wasn't 93, wasn't 94. It was 95, 96. And he threw 32 pitches. So this wasn't like fully from the pen or something. That's awesome. He also had intent to go upstairs. He got three out of 13 whiffs, which is great on that, on the, on the fastball. Uh, all that stuff is good. Like legitimately, like Louis Varland's looking good. He had cutters for strikes. Please just let him start. Twins, don't do Anthony Descofani. Do Louis Varland. Ugh. Anyway, Ryan Nelson, this is a very interesting one. Uh, one of the most fun things for me in the spring is I get another look at a lot of guys and I get to do one more pass on my deep research to say, okay, wait, hold on. Is this guy doing something different all of a sudden and should I be treating them differently than I have? And with Ryan Nelson, uh, this time last year, we were really wondering Dre Jameson, Ryan Nelson. I believe there's one other guy. Oh yeah, Brandon Font was in there. Um, who is going to be the guy out of the camp? And I thought it would be Dre Jameson. I thought it might have been Brandon Fott because Ryan Nelson was delayed, if you remember, because of the shoulder stuff. I don't know if you remember that. Dre Jameson then had Tommy John. Ryan Nelson actually stole the job by the end, even though he had a slow ramping up of the spring. And Brandon Fott went to the minors. Ryan Nelson is not only like sitting normally instead of like the 92 we saw last year. He's actually up a full tick to 95. That's cool. We also saw the cutter up a tick to 86, 87. And I really love the shape of this. Now, the first inning might have been adrenaline focused. Like he's really ready to, to do this. He was throwing like 96, 97 uh, in that first inning. His cutter came in at 98, at 88, was really well located. Like this was a nice pitch. I, I see kind of like a gyro slider to this thing. And that that cutter overall was eight, five or 12 whiffs. There were some that he kind of like backed up on and stuff and he got whiffs on fine. But there were some really good ones. Um, the last pitch he threw was upside and whatever. He shouldn't have gotten tri- strike three. But this second inning, speaking of which, he came out throwing 94 and he threw like a 93 mile per hour fastball. And go, what? Hold on. And then he got closer back to 95. It was less command. It was a little wonkier. I... Uh, it did feel like he exerted himself for an inning, not knowing he was going to go for a second one. Um, so pay attention to Ryan Nelson. Um, he's still working on the changeup and the curveball. He got a grounder on the changeup in the first to a lefty, went through the hole for a hit fine. He tried to throw some curveballs early to get strikes. That used to be a thing of his. So pay attention to that as well, because if that curveball is something in the zone that matters, then that's cool. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not... Uh, it's not the full package yet for Ryan Nelson, but man, if he is like sitting 95, actually 96, he'd be able to hold on to that like 97-ish velocity more uh, throughout the entire like five innings in the spring and has that 88 mile per hour cutter. I'm very in on Ryan Nelson as a super sleeper just because that's an Arizona Dimebacks defense that is going to help him. That is a great situation in Arizona. No one's touching him right now. Uh, I would even consider this the back end of 12 teamers. So th- let's focus on Ryan Nelson through the spring. It's not necessarily ready right now, but I really liked what I saw. That four seamer is a very good shape to it. It is a good four seamer, guys. And at 96, 97, that can legitimately get all the swing strikes and stuff. And then you have a cutter underneath. Ah, it's pretty fun. 
Uh, this is the kind of stuff that I absolutely love when it comes to pitching analysis is these guys kind of showing up and doing something new and we all celebrate it. Um, looking forward to today's games. I'm actually already getting tweets about Rodon because I'm a little bit late today. I apologize, but I really just did it in depth today. I uh, Rodon is apparently sitting 93 in change as opposed to sitting 95, 96 that we see. That is not good. That is terrible. Uh, hopefully he's just saying, yeah, I want to take it easy in my first one because apparently he was doing other things in the bullpens before first game situation. Want to let my adrenaline not take over. Okay. I'm not going to say everything yet about Rodon, but yeah, you can't be 93.3 dog. <laughs> um, let's see, uh, Bowden Francis, uh, let's check out how the fastball is. Um, is it dope? And is there anything else? Because Bowden Francis is kind of another super sleeper of, I think he's the SP6 right now for the Blue Jays. So if there's anything that uh, opens up, he might be that guy and not Ricky Tiedemann. And uh, he's got a really good fastball shape, so pay attention. Uh, Let's see how Stroman looks with the secondaries. Let's see Aaron Nola. I just want him to throw high four-seamer, please. This is all the stuff on TV, by the way. Uh, You have Mitch Keller. I want him to have a cutter focus because I think his four-seamer is just a bad pitch, and he has to really save it to go upstairs late, and that's it because it is a dead zone fastball. Um, Hunter Brown, I'm curious how his four-seamer approach looks. Does he have a good slider and curveball as well? Does he have command of those things? Because this is a three-pitch mix that can work. It's just he needs to be able to wield it properly. Uh, Bailey Ober, Rizzi, uh, how is the slider looking? Because he is going to hit the top of the zone with that four-seamer. He's going to have a good changeup. It's just about the slider. That's the last piece of the puzzle there. Uh, and Lucas Giolito, I want to be sitting 94. He won't be. He'll probably be sitting like 93. But if he's sitting 94, even touching like 95, ugh, that's where Giolito needs to be because it's not a good four-seamer. And he needs to be able to get away with more with it so that it sets up his changeup and his slider effectively. Obviously, he needs to have his changeup and slider working too. Uh, Kyle Hurt is pitching for the Dodgers. I'm really excited about him because I I think he's very electric. It's just, is he a good command guy? Knack looked good as far as command goes. If Kyle Hurt looks good with command, he has better stuff. And there's going to be this weird situation with the Dodgers where right now it's five guys with Bueller out and Machines at number five. After that, Gavin Stone and Michael Grove look like the six swingmen, right? And what's interesting is they're going to wait on Bueller until like May. They're not going to push him earlier. They might actually even lean on some of these prospects to show up while they do not over push Bueller. So Kyle Hurt or Landon Knack could actually be getting starts in some fashion in April because of this. And I... Don't like Michael Grove. I really don't like Evan Stone, but maybe, you know, maybe that there's more than the change of fine now. Like they were impressed by him yesterday or the day before. So watch Kyle Hurt and see if he's really impressive. And I think it's kind of him versus Knack at the moment. There is River Ryan, who I think is the best pitching prospect for the Dodgers. The thing is, I think they'll be slower on him. They're more willing to kind of be looser with Knack and Hurt while they're probably going to save River Ryan to a point that they say, okay, you know what? You are going to be our Bobby Miller. You're going to be the one that really goes off and you are starting indefinitely at this point. So that that's fun stuff. Kyle Muller will also be there. Is he doing anything new? Probably not, but whatever. Hey, it's Muller. Uh, Colin Ray uh, is going uh, for the Brewers. Is he a default uh, starter for the Brewers? I hope so. Um, I, I guess I don't hope so. I don't know. Is he, is he just like, is he going to be a starter for the Brewers? Is he going well enough? Or does he open up some extra spots for Hall and Ashby and company? Um, Randy Vasquez, is he going to earn a starting pitching spot? I think he will. 
but uh, he's got to prove it. And Javier Assad is also fighting with uh, Jordan Wicks and Caleb Killian and company for a rotation spot. It's fastball cutter, whatever. Oh, and by the way, Cole Reagans is going today. Can't wait for that at three o'clock. And there's also Tyler Beatty, which is not going to be good for the Guardians, but I'm just so curious. Maybe there is something brand new there. Just, you know, there's a little uh, tick that I'm going to note there. All right, that is it for today. A long one. I told you 25th, five minutes and change, but uh, I'll be doing this live streamed. Uh, through the week, I'm going to try and live stream it from Florida. I just got some uh, some streaming equipment that I can bring on the road with me so that I might be able to do this in the morning in Florida. I don't know. We'll see if I'll be able to pull it off. Um, but that is it for today. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babas be low and your strikeouts high.